Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon at Fountain City Church. We hope that you are blessed by this message today. If you'd like to learn more, you can check out our website at fountaincity.org. Hey, this morning we've got some special guests with us. Um, We're actually going to be taking up an offering at the end of our gathering because we want to give a love offering to Kurt Plagenhoff and his family. Um, I don't, Kurt, when did we meet? I can't remember what year it was. I think Joel and I were talking, I think it must have been around 2010 or 2009, I think. And so it would have been about 12 years ago when I met Kurt and his family. Um, I was over in Albania with them for just a short time and was blown away at the apostolic work that God has really given birth to in Albania. And he's used Kurt's family among many other missionaries. Um, And it's just really beautiful work to see. And this morning, Kurt's going to bring the word. And I want to preface what we're doing this morning. Um, We started an Advent series last week, right? I mean, we're talking about Christmas all season. So why every year do we have missionaries in during Christmas? Any ideas? It's because this gift of Jesus is the gift for the world. It's not a gift for just 21st century Western Americans. Are you with me? Y'all don't go to sleep on me yet, okay? It it is a gift to the world. He is a gift to the world. And, And so this morning as we celebrate this gift of the global proclamation of the gospel, we remember that this is what God had in mind through the gift of Jesus. And so I'm really pleased that you can hear from him this morning as he shares the work in Albania, but also this, this global calling to be a part of what God's doing. Uh, and so in just a moment, we're going to show a video. When Kurt comes on, I want you to give him a big Fountain City welcome, okay? Thank you. From zero in 1991, there are now more than 200 evangelical churches with 60,000 decisions for Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He meant what he said. One day the Lord spoke to us and he said, pray about your mission's direction. And so we got on our knees, we sought the Lord, we began to ask him, Lord, where do you want to send us? Two things we knew that God was calling us to unreached people and that that was gonna be somewhere in the 1040 window. And God spoke to us and said, that's where I want you to go. God called us to preach the gospel where Christ is not known. And this is our passion. We planted one church in Albania where there had never been a church and started another one in Kosovo after the war. During the war in Kosovo, God led us to start a refugee camp in Albania. We cared for several hundred refugees who heard the gospel for the first time. In 2003, the Spirit led us to establish a national church movement, the Assemblies of God of Albania. We believe in indigenous church principles, a self-governing, self-propagating, and self-supporting national church, an Albanian church. One of our main goals recently was to double our fellowship in five years, which we accomplished by the grace of God and through planting new churches. In 2003, we established Evangelical Theological College, a three-year full-time training institution of the National Church. Through ETC, we are equipping Albanian pastors, church planters, and missionaries to preach the gospel among unreached peoples. Our graduates are currently planting multiple churches in Albania and beyond. Our vision extends beyond the borders of Albania into the Balkans, the most unreached part of Europe and the only part of Europe in the 1040 window or the red zone. Over 99% of the 40 million people of the Balkans do not have a witness of the gospel. They have not heard the gospel and they cannot hear it because they have no witness. There are no churches, no believers, no missionaries. They are spiritually lost and dying. God's called us to reach them. We are reaching into Kosovo, Macedonia, Montenegro, Bosnia, and Turkey through short-term prayer and evangelism teams. In Mitrovica, a city in northern Kosovo, we started to work there after the war in 1999. It's a place of ethnic division, a city divided between Albanians and Serbs. There's continuing tension, great spiritual warfare, tremendous spiritual need, strong demonic resistance, We thank God for new workers. A couple that are graduates of our Bible school have recently answered the call of God to go and serve in Mitrovica. 
In Macedonia, in 2009, we established a ministry center that has reached hundreds of university students with the love and gospel of Jesus. There are over 700,000 Muslim Albanians throughout the nation bound in sin without the truth of Jesus. Our team is establishing the first Muslim background Albanian church in the country. In 2013, one evening, the Holy Spirit came upon me and God spoke to me. He said this, just like Joshua and Caleb and Canaan, I have given you the Balkans and I'm moving the mountains of the Balkans before you. I had prayed for the Balkans hundreds of times, but that night God spoke to me and confirmed his promise that he was giving the Balkans to us. And so we are moving forward in faith to possess the Balkans for the kingdom of God. How will this be accomplished? And what's our strategy? We've been asking the Lord. We believe that the answer is through more new workers being called, trained, and thrust into the harvest field, church planting teams. We need people. People who are not afraid of hard work or difficult circumstances. People who are willing to suffer and to sacrifice for the sake of the gospel. People who are willing to give, and not just a year, but a lifetime for Christ. Like Isaiah said, who will go for me? Who will stay for me? Who will give their life for me? Who is willing to go to the hardest, poorest, most lost, least reached places in the world? I pray it will be you. It will cost you more, but you will receive far more than you give. Thank you, and God bless you. Amen. And good morning, church. It is wonderful to be with you. Thank you, Pastor Grant. I sense the presence of God here today in your worship. I sense and see life and love and joy and faith and miracles. That's encouraging. Amen. I pray that God will build this church and anoint your witness and draw many, many other people in Columbus and from afar to come join you and to come to Christ. I thank you for your commitment to God, your love for him. I thank you for your commitment to missions. As you pray and give and send and go, a lot of people around the world are hearing the good news for the first time and coming to Christ like some of these that you've seen in the video in Albania and the Balkans. And so I celebrate you, your passion, your faith, your commitment to God and his mission. I thank God for you. We have much to celebrate. We also have some cause for concern. Almost half the people in the world have yet to hear this good news of Christ. Uh, talking about the gift of Jesus to the world at Christmas time, we need to think about those people, 42% of the world's population. And following all of the upheaval in America and around the world in the last year and a half, I share a concern in the words of the Apostle Paul that we not be led astray from our sincere devotion to Christ and that we not be diverted from our core commitment to the great commission of Jesus, uh, of spreading the gospel. I hear the Spirit saying over this last year and a half that we need to refocus our faith and our mission on three essential truths, which are Christ, the kingdom, and souls. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. You can follow it on the screen, the scriptures and main points and some stories. Christ, the kingdom, and souls. Uh, we as a church, the body of Christ, we are not called to be a political party to win elections. We are called to be a prophetic people to preach the gospel and win the world for Christ. And so may God help us to do that. Our mission is spiritual. And so let's stay focused on that mission. We see in Scripture that if we will wholly commit ourselves to Christ, his kingdom, and souls, he will use us. He will use you to win your city, and he will use us to win the world. Let's read from Romans chapter 15, verses 17 through 21. You'll have it on the screen. You can open up in your Scripture as well if you want to. Romans 15, verse 17. Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. 
by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, which, by the way, is modern-day Albania, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. In verse 17, when Paul says, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God, he is saying, in other words, that it's all about Christ. From the day that Paul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus and his life was changed to the day that he was beheaded for his faith in Rome, Paul's life, his ministry, his service were all about Christ. The moment he encountered Jesus, his life ceased to be all about himself and he had a lot going for him and his life became all about serving, glorifying, proclaiming Jesus. Paul prayed Christ, he preached Christ, he imitated Christ, he suffered for Christ, he gave his all for Christ. For him, it was all about Christ. And for us as followers of Jesus, when we encounter Christ, our lives also cease to be all about ourselves, our hopes, dreams, desires, accomplishments, and our lives begin to be all about Jesus, serving him honoring him, being his witness, advancing his kingdom, as we've been talking about and worshiping about. We recognize that wherever we are, at home, church, work, school, we live to be his witnesses. We live to please him and to draw other people to him. Please say it with me this morning. It's not about me. It's all about Christ. Let's say it together. It's not about me. It's all about Christ. I pray that's true. And I pray that you've come to church today with a desire to become more like him, to know him more, to be challenged, to be changed, and become more like him. That's the greatest thing that can happen today. Much like Paul on the road to Damascus, a young Albanian man named Gensi had a life-changing encounter with Jesus on his road to Greece. He was on his way out of Albania to work as an illegal immigrant in Greece to help his family, as many Albanians do. He was caught by police at the border and turned back. That night, in his home, in his bedroom, Jesus appeared to Gensi, held out his hand, and said, follow me. Gensi's Muslim background, raised in an atheist communist country, his response was, no, I don't believe in you. Imagine that. And so just like Jesus did with Paul, he blinded Gensi, and blind Gensi wrestled with Jesus all night long. In the morning, Gensi said, finally, okay, I believe in you, and I'll follow you. His sight was restored. The presence of Jesus entered his heart. His life was completely changed. He found a church, the only church in his Muslim community, got discipled, later felt called to ministry, came to our Bible school, was trained. Today he's pastoring a church, reaching about 150 Muslim people every week. For Gensi, life is all about Christ and reaching those who don't know Christ to bring them to him. There are 3.1 billion people in the world, mostly Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists, that live in the 1040 window, as you see on the screen, which I call the, hot, the red zone, highlighted in red on the Joshua Project map. They are unreached because they have not heard the gospel and cannot hear the gospel because they have no witness among them. Meaning, there are no missionaries, no pastors, no churches, no Bibles, maybe no gospel available on television or radio. They have no access and therefore no opportunity to hear the gospel. This is the heart of New Testament missions. When Jesus commanded us in Matthew 28 to go into all the world and preach the gospel, he was talking about the red zone. The greatest mission field of our day. This is frontier missions and top priority for missions. The Balkans, our area of ministry, is the only part of Europe in the red zone. Each of us, each of you, has a vital role to play in this mission. I hope that you understand today what God has called you to do and who God has called you to be. Each one of us, I heard Grant mention, missional believers. Each one of us must live with a sense of mission. 
You must understand that God has called you, anointed you, and sent you to be his witness to lost people all around you here in Columbus and unreached people all around the world that have no witness. That's why we're saved, to serve and to shine and to share. Do you understand it? Do you know what God's called you to do? Do you know where he has sent you? doesn't matter what your job is. You're called to be his witness to the local loss of Columbus, to the global unreach of the world. Are you praying? Are you praying for those with no witness? Are you witnessing to those around you with no faith? Are you giving generously to missions to send this gospel around the world to people who haven't heard it and can't hear it like these we're talking about? It's not about us and our needs. It's all about Christ and his mission. Uh, we work and serve. We live and die for Christ and Christ alone. For Jesus first and last. May God help us to be his witness and glorify Christ. As we move down the passage to verses 18 and 19, we also see that it's all about the kingdom. This kingdom that we're celebrating during Christmas season, his gift, and we pass on that gift to others. Look at the last part of verse 19 with me. It says, so from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus preached this gospel. Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near you. I believe that the kingdom of heaven and the coming, the second coming of Jesus is nearer now than it's ever been. And so we as believers, we as a church, we need to work while it's day. We need to reach as many lost people, reach as many unreached people, and bring them to Christ as we can because Jesus really is coming back. The kingdom of heaven is the sovereign reign and rule of God over the universe, it's his absolute power and authority over all mankind and creation. The kingdom of heaven is not about a president, a political party, or the American dream. The kingdom of heaven is all about Christ, his kingdom, and souls. Uh, the kingdom is not about making America great again. The kingdom is about making Christ great again. And if Christ is great in me and in you and in our church, if Christ is great in America, then he will continue to greatly use America to bless the nations with the gospel as he is doing today. There is no other country in the world that sends out more missionaries and spreads more gospel than America. And so if we will stay focused and faithful to Jesus, he will continue to use us to advance his kingdom in Columbus and around the world. It's not about America first. It's about the kingdom first. We seek the kingdom first. We proclaim the kingdom. It's your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer every single day. It's Revelation eleven fifteen, which I have been praying many times over this last year and a half and prophetically proclaiming. It says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. All the peoples, all the nations will one day become, at least submit to, the kingdom of God. There's no question about who's in control of America or the nations. King Jesus reigns. He's in control. And all peoples and nations will surrender to him. The Lord has used much prayer, fasting, and spiritual warfare to bring his kingdom to Albania. I want to share the story of Cal Olson with you. You see, you'll see he, him and his wife, Miriam, here on the screen. They were veteran missionaries to the country of Bangladesh. And in 1991, he had an intense spiritual battle, March of 1990, before the fall of communism in Albania. He was at home in the U.S. He had never been to Albania before. And the Holy Spirit led him to fully fast and pray for 40 days for Albania, the most closed country in the world, to open up to the gospel. His intercession became so intense that he could not leave his room, could not sleep, and even stop drinking water. The battle climaxed one night when demonic powers, how many of you know they're real, angels are real, 
They're battling with us and for us for the kingdom of God. Demon powers are real. Demon powers from Albania came into his room, put their hands around his neck, and began to choke him to death. He said, I could hardly breathe. I couldn't say a word. I just cried out in my heart to God. God, help me. Lord, save me. And then he said, the presence of God came over me. How many of you are thankful for the presence of God? It's real. It's powerful. The presence of God came over me. And he said, I spoke one word. Anybody want to guess what that one word might have been? He said, Jesus. And when he said, Jesus, those demon powers let go and they jumped back. And then he said, a holy boldness came over me. And I confronted those. I faced those demon powers. And I said, in the name of Jesus, go. And they fled. This is March 1990. A few months later, the communist atheist regime in the most closed country in the world fell. And it opened up to the gospel. Launching a move of the Holy Spirit. And God calling and sending many missionaries from all over the world, including us, that has led to over 62,000 decisions for Christ and from zero over 200 churches. It's a miracle of God and a miracle of missions. We thank him for that. And I believe that what God did in the former number one most closed country in the world, he can do in the current number one. North Korea, or number two, Afghanistan, or here in Columbus, Georgia, Fountain City Church, anywhere where his people will fast and pray and exercise authority in his name. Do you believe that? I believe it. Let's have faith today. This is the power of the kingdom. This is the reign and rule of Jesus Christ over demon powers and human souls. Imagine, God used Cal Olson change a nation through prayer and fasting from his home in the U.S. Some of you, whether young or older, might be thinking, well, how can God use me? Can God use me? How can God use me in missions? God can use anyone, anywhere, at any time to do anything if we will pray. God says in Psalm 2.8, ask me. And I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. God is just waiting and longing for us to ask in faith. And then he will move in power. I want to challenge you today. I want to ask you, what are you asking God for? What are you asking God to do in and through your life? What are you asking God to do in your family? And I love seeing all the young children here worshiping the Lord. All three of our children love Jesus. What are you asking God to do in your church? Who do you want to reach? How many souls are you asking for? What kind of miracles and outpouring of the Holy Spirit are you believing for? What are you asking God to do in America? We talk, we're concerned. How much do we pray? What are you asking God to do in the world? Would you dare to ask God for a nation? To open up a closed nation? To reach and unreach people. There's over 6,000 of those. What are you asking God to do? There are many things that God wants to do but will not do until or unless we ask. Because he has ordered to work through his church through prayer. It's the way he's ordered to work. And so let's be bold. Let's be courageous. Let's believe God. Let's ask him for impossible things. Impossible for us but possible for him. Amen? He's waiting. As the church of Jesus Christ, prophetic people of God called to reach the world with the gospel, we need to stay focused on the imperatives of the kingdom. It's too easy to get sidetracked in all of the confusion and chaos and conspiracy theories of men, but it is all about the kingdom of God. Seeking the kingdom, advancing the kingdom. And I love to hear kingdom language coming out of you. I know you're a young church. I pray that God will bless you and use you and grow you and use you to advance the kingdom in Columbus and beyond. Our citizenship is in heaven. It's not on this earth. Our trust and our allegiance are to Christ and Christ alone. 
It's all a question of allegiance and submission. And I have found myself praying repeatedly over this last year and a half a certain oath. I've been praying, I pledge my allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the kingdom for which he stands. I live for him. I seek his kingdom. I seek to advance his kingdom. My allegiance is there. Today it's just a question of how can I further submit my allegiance, love, and devotion to him. And we're going to pray at the end of the message, and that's what God's asking you to do today as well. What part of your life, what part of your family, what part of your faith needs to be fully surrendered to him, to be 100% devoted to him? It's all about Christ and the kingdom. At the end of the passage in verses 20 and 21, let's look there again. Paul also emphasizes that it's all about souls. Say that with me, please. It's all about souls. It's all about people. Verses 20 and 21. It's always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. Verse 21. Rather, those who are not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. Paul here is talking about souls. He's talking about people. Highlight or underline these words in your Bible from verses 20 and 21. You'll see them on the screen as well. Not known, not told, not heard. Not known, not told, not heard. These haunting words describe the spiritual lostness of people without Christ and without a witness of the gospel. 42% of the world, those 3.1 billion people. Paul's apostolic call was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, meaning all of the peoples and nations outside of Jewish Israel that had yet to receive a witness of the gospel. Today we call these people unreached people or least reached people. In his passionate search for souls, the apostle Paul went to places where nobody else was going to reach people that nobody else was reaching, to plant churches where churches didn't exist, like most of the places in the Balkans today. Paul and the church in the first century, they brought the gospel all the way west to Spain and all the way east to India. They reached their world in their lifetime. We as a church are called to do the same. We must reach our world in our lifetime. We are responsible for this generation. That's God's call on us. We're talking about the world. Let's bring it home to Columbus. There are people here in Columbus that have never heard the gospel. There may be some that have never met a believer, or they have met a believer who didn't have the love or faith to tell them about the good news. In my generation, that was less normal. In this generation, it's more true. There's even more unreached people here than uh, uh, there's ever been before. And some of those people, only you can reach. Some say, well, if I don't share the gospel or if I don't pray, God will call someone else to do it. Not true. Not necessarily true. I believe with all my heart there are some people that God has called me to reach, some people that God personally has called you to reach, that nobody else can or will reach. And if we don't reach them, they'll die for their own sins and go to hell. But the Bible says their blood will be on our hands if we haven't told them. May God help us. We must love the lost. We must seek the souls of the unreached. Jesus came, Luke 19, 10, to seek and save the lost. I think the best statement of Jesus' mission in the New Testament, we are called to do the same. As followers of Christ, we live to seek and save the lost. It's all about souls. As an 18-year-old senior in high school, I was planning on going to medical school Until God spoke to me one day in prayer as I was seeking his will and his direction for my life. And he said, Kurt, I haven't called you to medicine. I've called you to ministry. And I understood that it was to share the gospel with people who didn't have it. I didn't know much about missions. Hardly knew the term missions at that time. But God in that instant, he poured a love for souls into my heart. He gave me a concern for the eternal destiny of lost people. 
wanted to win the world for Jesus. What about you? What's God called you to do? Who's he called you to reach that perhaps nobody else can reach? Where's he called you to go? If God called you or one of your children to be a missionary, would you go? Would you send them? Jesus' question for us today and every day is who's willing to lose yourself, leave everything, and follow him? Whether that means here in Columbus or somewhere in the red zone. Geography doesn't matter. It's just all about loving and obeying him, following him wherever he sends you. Here in Columbus, there are over 197,000 souls, 197,000. If we estimate, according to the national average, that 30% are evangelical believers, then 59,100 are believing saved souls, and 137,900 are unbelieving lost souls. These aren't just numbers. We're talking about real people here in Columbus. Perhaps 70% of this city, of these people, are lost and on their way to an eternity of judgment, torment, agony, and suffering in hell because they have not accepted God's gracious offer of salvation in Christ and because we haven't told them. How does that make you feel? Seven out of ten here in Columbus, here in America, over nine out of ten around the world lost and on their way to hell. How does it make you feel? Does it disturb you? I pray that it does. Because it disturbs and breaks the heart of God. And if it doesn't disturb you, if it doesn't disturb us, then we just need to stop the service and stop everything else and pray until we get the heart of God for lost people. Is there a fire burning in your heart for lost souls? My prayer today is, God, light a fresh fire in me and light a fresh fire in us. Help us to see people like you see people. Help us to love the lost like you love them. Help us to have your concern for unreached people this Christmas. People with no witness that haven't heard and can't hear. God, help us and give us his passion. You see, love for lost people comes from love for Christ. And the Bible tells us the love of Christ compels us toward lost people, 2 Corinthians 5.14. Where there is a lack of love, For lost people, there's a lack of love for Christ. I'll say that one more time and let it sink in. Where there's a lack of love for lost people, there's a lack of love for Christ. Because the love of Jesus in us always moves us to pray and to give and to witness and to reach out to lost, broken, hopeless people. Always does. The most powerful thing that can happen here today is for us to receive a fresh baptism of the love of Christ. To be filled, to be changed, to be moved, to be compelled with his love, which will move us toward lost, sick, dying, broken people all around us. The gospel is your right and responsibility as a believer. Every person in the world has the right to hear the gospel. It's the greatest human right. And we, the church, have the responsibility to tell them. We must tell them. It's all about Christ, the kingdom, and souls. I pray today that you'll be stirred to a deeper love for Christ, which will move you to a greater love and witness and action for the lost and unreached. We believe that what God has done in Albania, a first-generation church, he also wants to do throughout the Balkans. The Balkans is the least known, least represented, least reached area of Europe. You can see on the map, please bring that up, the 10 nations that we are targeting, representing 42 million souls, over 99% unreached, no witness of the gospel. Uh, Most of these people, whether Muslim or Christian background, they've never met a follower of Jesus. To balkanize means to divide. And the history of the Balkans has been dominated by war, including genocide and ethnic cleansing in Kosovo and Bosnia in the 90s, if you remember those conflicts. Only the gospel of Christ 
can bring healing and reconciliation to the war-torn Balkans. Stephanie and I have been serving, our family's been serving in Albania and the Western Balkans for 27 years. And Balkan Reach, this new vision that God has given us, is a pioneer new ministry to church plant among unreached people through teams. What we've been doing all along in the Western Balkans expanded now to the whole. God's put five priorities in our hearts, beginning with revival. We want to be a catalyst for an outpouring of the Spirit of God that will cause a great awakening and turning to Christ. Evangelism. I am asking God for a million souls. If you knew the Balkans, you would know. That is a big ask, way beyond our current reality or ability. But we serve a big God who can do the impossible. Please pray and believe God with us for these souls. Apostolic teams from our training center in Albania will send out called, equip, multinational teams to pioneer new territory. Church planting. We dream to plant hundreds of churches where they do not exist and to see church planting movements thrive in the Balkans, meaning churches that multiply themselves by planting other churches. And Holy Spirit empowerment. We have seen God do many miracles and send many dreams to people throughout the years in Albania. And as we expand through the Balkans, we're believing God to confirm his word with supernatural signs and wonders. I love the miracle prayer that we had today during worship. Keep praying and believing for miracles. Can I give you one key for seeing more miracles? If you want to see God do more miracles through you, pray for more lost people outside the church. Because when you're among lost and unreached people, Jesus wants to glorify his name. He wants to confirm his saving power and the truth of the gospel by demonstrating his healing power. And so that's where God works the most. Pray for lost people outside the church and watch God do more miracles. Uh, let me share Gazim's story with you. You'll see his picture. Gazim heard the gospel through a missionary in the early 90s, put his faith in Christ, and his life was completely transformed. His Muslim wife, Ariana, and her family began to oppose him and persecute him. He went through, or she went through, a difficult pregnancy and became terminally ill. Her family told him, this is God's punishment and judgment on you for leaving your Muslim faith. The family was gathered in their home for her death. Gazim and the missionary came one day and prayed for her for healing in the name of Jesus. And as they were laying hands on her and praying, she said, I felt another hand from above. How many of you believe in and thank God for that other hand that comes in our time of need? She said, I felt another hand come from above, push my bloated stomach back into its normal position, and all of the sicknesses and disease flowed out of her body. She was instantly, completely healed by the power of God in the name of Jesus. She then put her faith in Christ, and she was completely saved. Today, this couple, Gazim and Ariana, they serve and they pastor a thriving local church, reaching hundreds of Muslim people and church planting in villages around their city in Duras, Albania. That is the power of the gospel anointed by the Holy Spirit. God does miracles. Let's ask and believe as we share the gospel. This is the bottom line. It's all about Christ, the kingdom, and souls. Loving Christ more than anything or anyone else in this world. Advancing the kingdom where the church doesn't exist. You're a young Missional church, I sense that. I pray may God give you people and unreached people in this community. And may God pour out his spirit and draw them in more than you can ever imagine. And seeking and saving lost souls. I, I pray this year, Grant, post-COVID, that God will give you a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a greater turning to Christ, a greater ingathering of lost people than you've ever seen before. In Jesus' name. May God anoint your witness as you shine and draw people to him. If you will wholly devote yourself to Christ, the kingdom, and souls, God will give you your city. He'll give you this neighborhood. God will give you nations as you ask for them. 
God will give you your school. How many students do we have here? Raise your hand. School's a great place for revival. Any students? Okay. God will give you your territory as you ask, as you witness in Jesus' name. I, I close by asking you to do three things. First, please pray. Get one of our prayer cards from our table in the back or from me after the service. Pray for us. Pray for workers to be called to the Balkans, our greatest need. Pray for spiritual awakening in secular Europe. We desperately need it. If you want to know more about Balkan Reach, sign up on our prayer team. Get our communications. Fill out the Connect card. Leave it in the box on the table or scan the QR code on the back of the brochure or on the table, and you can do that on your phone. I also ask you to to give. As you give, God releases his power and his favor over you. In order to raise our budget and return to the field, we need 10 additional monthly commitments of $100. A gift of $5,000 will help launch a new church in the Balkans. Maybe someone could sow that seed of faith. In addition to praying and giving, please go. Please go. Please go throughout Columbus, and please go into the red zone. God is calling. He's always calling. The question is, who's willing to go? Who's willing to answer? Who's willing to lose yourself, leave everything, and go with the gospel? I pray that God will call some from Fountain City Church. I don't know if you've had any missionaries go out yet, but I pray that God will raise up workers Call and send out missionaries, including someone to the Balkans, someone to join our Balkan Reach team. How awesome would that be? The harvest is great. The workers are few. Will you go? Let's pray and ask the Lord. Let's respond to this word in prayer right now. Let's respond to the word of God. Prayer time at the end of a biblical message is power time because it's the moment where we apply the word of God to our hearts. And so what part of this word? Maybe it's one word of conviction, encouragement, challenge that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. What's God asking you to do with this word about Christ, the kingdom, and souls? Please, everyone, pray. And talk to God and respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit now. I'm going to ask you three questions. First, uh, I've been talking about Christ and his kingdom. You might be here and you say, Kurt, well, I'm not right with God. Uh, I don't know who's a member of the house and who's a believer or not. You know, God knows. But you're here today and you say, I'm not right with him. I want to. I need to commit or recommit my G- to Jesus. I I want to make the decision today to follow him, give my life to him, and serve him. And you haven't done that before. If that's you, are we online as well or not? Okay. If you're in present, if you're uh, in the house, physically present, or if you're listening online, raise your hand. You say, that's me. I need to commit or recommit my life to Christ. I want to make a decision today. From today on, I'm going to follow him, and I'm going to serve him. Wherever he sends me to go, whatever he tells me to do, I'll do it. Raise your hand, whether you're here physically or online, and we're going to pray. Okay, next question. You're a believer, but you feel challenged. You want more love for Christ, more burden for the lost, more boldness in your witness here and beyond. And you say, I want a fresh anointing today. I want more power. I want more conviction. I need more passion. Raise your hand. You say, that's me. I want that. Okay, many. All right, we're going to pray. Final question. You either feel called to missions or you would say, if God called me to missions, if he called me to go, maybe even somewhere in the red zone, I'd be willing to go. And today, I just want to make myself available to God. I, don't, I want to say, Lord, I'm yours. I recognize my life is not my own, as the Bible says. I belong to you. You bought me with your blood. And I just give my life to you and make myself available If you feel called to missions or if you would be willing to go if God called you, raise your hand. You want to talk to God about it. You want to make yourself available to him today. Talk to him. He'll talk to you. And so let's pray. All right. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Uh, For any of these things, if you, uh, as believers, wanting more of God's love, burden, boldness, or for the call to missions, I'm just going to ask you as well to come forward. And so that I can lay hands on you and pray with you and just ask for a touch of God. His anointing is real. 
Ask for his presence to be upon you. Ask for his fire, his love. And so if you'd like prayer in any one of these areas, please come forward and we will pray together. And then, too, if you haven't received your miracle yet, come forward for that. We're happy to pray with you for God's miracle today. Let's just begin to pray. For those of you that need to commit or recommit your life to Christ, I don't know who's listening online. Let's pray right now. What God wants to hear is the heart of your heart, your prayer. And so let's pray. Lord. Uh, Just pray with me if you're here or if you're online. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. And today I make a decision to follow you. I recognize that I've sinned and I ask you to forgive me and give me a new heart and a new start today. I believe you came, died, rose again. And so I ask you to save me and forgive me and fill me with the Holy Spirit and give me the power to follow and serve you. If you're praying online, continue to pray. Continue to pray. God wants to hear your heart, your words. It's a life-changing day for you. If you're a believer here asking for more God's anointing and power, let's pray. Father, we recognize our need for you. We repent of our sins. We repent of apathy and indifference and just a lack of love and regard and concern. All the things that keep us from being the witnesses of Christ that you've called us to be. Forgive us, set us free, and fill us today with a fresh fire, a greater passion, a deeper love for you, a greater burden for souls, more faith, and more boldness and power to live as followers and witnesses of Jesus. I commit myself to seek and save the lost. God, use me to reach some of the people around me that nobody else can reach. Give me souls in Jesus' name. Pray, believer. Pray. Consecrate your heart to God. Respond to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. What part of you needs to be fully surrendered to him? That's for all of us. Respond to him. Pray. And for those of you that feel called to missions or are willing to go, Father, in Jesus' name, we surrender ourselves to you. God, I make myself available to you. I'm willing to go anywhere, do anything. I just want to follow you, please you. My life is all about Christ and advancing your kingdom. Not about me, it's about you. Lord, call workers right now. Call workers. Call missionaries. Raise up missionaries out of Fountain City Church to go throughout the red zone, to come to the Balkans, somebody to join our Balkan Reach team. God, we ask you in faith and pray. Raise up workers in this church. Everybody knowing their call and their ministry, serving you. We ask you for that today in Jesus' name. We ask you, God, for a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit here in Columbus, for a great awakening, for a great turning to Christ, for a great release of your power. May you do it in me. May you do it through me. Pray, believer. Ask God to work in you and through you like never before in Jesus' name. He'll do it. We thank you, Lord. Just continue to pray. Continue to pray. Everybody, whether you're up here at front or in your seat, please, everyone praying. Everyone praying. Surrendering your heart to him. Responding to his word for you today. Whatever part of that word he's speaking to you. Let's let him work. In Jesus' name. Thank you for your patience this morning. You guys feel free to linger in prayer. We want to keep that atmosphere of prayer. Um, we, we want to give you an opportunity to give. And for many of you, you have lots of levels of responses, as you've heard this morning. Um, and it may just be to completely surrender your life again this morning. But for all of us, it's to participate and partner with what God is doing. Uh, and so this morning, uh, we've got some guys who are going to bring containers. If you want to give 100% of what's going into these buckets is going to Kurt and Stephanie and Balkan Reach, unless it signifies tithe and offering. If it says tithe and offering specifically to the church, then it'll go to... Um, the general funds and 10% of that actually goes out to missions and missionaries as well. Uh, and so I want to give you just a moment to collect your giving. Um, you can always give online by going to fountaincity.org give. But we're going to pass these giving containers around. Um, if you're in here this morning, um, b- before we give, I, I just want to say we've got a lot of people who have influxed into our church family over the last couple of months. And if that's you, I want you to hear me say that when we planted this church, It was with the insistence that God had called us to be a multiplying hub of families. 
There is something special that happens when people come together as a family and they begin to get God's vision for other places. So God plunks down in your heart a call to Kentucky. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but God will start to plunk down these things into your heart. St. Petersburg, Russia, or Indonesia, or Malaysia, or China, and not one person accepting a call, but five and ten people saying, we are going to go together to be a part of what Jesus is doing in this other place. Maybe it's on the other side of the city, other side of the country, other side of the nations. But this is the call of the gospel. And that was really a, in the seedbed of why we planted Fountain City Church. It's a center point that sends out life. And so can I just encourage you, for some of you, God is calling you back to that. And he's reminding you of something that he's spoken over your life. Say yes. And know that we're here to help you in figuring out what it looks like to say yes to Jesus. So we're going to give you an opportunity to give. I want to invite you to do that. Um, if for some reason, if the Lord is really burdening you for the ministry of Balkan Reach and the Plagenhoffs, you can partner with them monthly. Go and talk to them afterwards at the table. We want to release you guys to do that. Uh, and so, Father, we just bless you. Father, I thank you for what you're speaking and doing in our hearts and minds. Lord, even as we release today, God, I just pray that we would say yes to you, God. As we pray, God, we would say yes to you for the nations, that the nations of the world would burden our heart, the 42%, God. Would you tattoo us with the unreached of the world, God, that we would lift their names and their destinies to you, Jesus, and that we would be a part of the solution. Father, I pray that in our giving, as we support and supply missionaries and missions and projects all over the earth, God, that you would call us to give, God, we would invest in your kingdom at work, God. I pray, Lord, for those in this room, Lord, with the gift, uh, the grace of giving, Father God, that you would mobilize dollars against the enemies and the darkness, Father God, and that you would mobilize the kingdom of God today. And finally, God, for those who feel that uncomfortable stir in their soul that they're meant to go, they're wrestling on a deep level with their identity and purpose. God, I pray today that they would have your yes and that you would have theirs. So be with them in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. They're going to go around with the buckets and give. As you give, you're welcome uh, to leave. Make sure you stop by. You can talk to Joel and you can talk to Kurt at the back table. Come and ask some questions.